Welcome to the Born and Raised Audio Experience. Presented by Onyx. Welcome back, guys. Born and Raised Audio Experience. <laughs> These are always fun ones. We have a little different two, two-part segment. we got two segments here. We are going to uh, field questions. i got Steve with me and Noah with me today. So what we're going to do is we reached out to Instagram, and we are going to field questions. we got a ton of questions. Uh, we just reached out. If you're, if, you haven't, if you're not on our Instagram, it's... Uh, Born and, Born and Raised, raised outdoors. outdoors, pretty much Instagram, and you can just pull it up. Yeah, Trent's a real tech savvy. If you, if you can tell he actually <laughs> posted this poll. I mean, he knows how to do it all. Yeah, it is what it He's is. He's better than me. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, so anyway, but uh, thank you, Noah, for that. Um, and that's Noah, by the way. Um, so anyway, but we're going to do a two-part segment, this being the first part, and we're just going to field. we got a ton of great questions from you guys, and so we're going to just field a bunch of those and, and go through them and see how... Yeah. See how we can do. Uh, this first one, we'll just jump right into it. You guys ready? Mention, yeah, mention who, who sent it so they right. get some street cred. You do your job, all right? And he'll yeah. do his. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to have to do yours. So Gunner <laughs> underscore Eklund underscore underscore, uh, he said, this is pretty fitting for the season. Okay. He said, yeah. how much do you budget for tag applications? And I'm going to give this one to Steve because uh, he's, he's pretty good at this stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. Um. Well, I guess it depends on how many states you're wanting to apply for, but I would say I probably personally budget about two thousand, yeah, roughly a year for just the application. So, so to be clear, I know you gave it to <coughs> Steve, but to be clear, some states like Wyoming, if yeah. you're just going to get a point, yeah, that's it's your fifty cheap, bucks. But right? some so, states yeah. you've got to buy. The a license, you've got to pay for an application fee. Um, yeah. Some states you have to apply with your credit card up front. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be more states that are going to be going to that application process. So it just really depends on how many states you're wanting to apply for. But roughly for me personally, the Western states that I apply for, it's probably around 2000 a year. And to be fair, like, don't but, let that scare you, too, no, because Because that's is, not all, out, you know, if you don't draw, you'll get yeah. reimbursed on your credit card or whatever. Yeah, so it's some not. states. And you're doing, I mean, almost every Western, Western state, state every yes. year. I mean, yeah. you do Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, uh, Nevada, Arizona, Arizona New, Mexico, New Mexico every year. Yeah. So pretty that, much every Colorado, every Western state. So. Yeah. So that, that adds up pretty <laughs> yeah. quick. Yeah. Um, this one is from Tyler Worley. How often do you guys use cold calling and what's your go-to sequence if you're going to? So coming into a cold calling scenario. Who gets for, the question? I mean, uh, Trent, raising, you can raise yeah. my hand over here for an hour, yeah. you know. If we're going into it, what's, what are the circumstances that are leading you to make that decision and then what are you going to do? Yeah, so cold calling, I think you're just talking about just wandering around, calling and trying to get a response. If you don't, just setting up. And just yeah. the, the elk aren't really responding, um, not hearing a lot of noises out there. So what we'll do is we had to do this one year in Colorado is with um, Schmidt, actually, old Schmitty. Yep. We just went like 200 yards, and then we just find a good spot where the wind was good. 
we'd sit and we had some shooting lanes and we'd sit there for 20 minutes. Yeah. And there was actually, we never did kill anything doing it, but there was a number of times that we would just be like, okay, <clears throat> I got it. We got to get moving. We got to get going. And we'd stand up. And, and a bull would and be, a bull yeah. would be coming, bull would be in, coming in quiet, coming in quiet. So I, and we did that a couple times. And I would say too, with cold with cold calling, um, especially if you can find fresh sign, fresh rubs, fresh tracks, fresh scat. Yeah. And nothing's talking. You know, we've sat down before, and we've just, you know, 20, 30 minutes, and sometimes you'll just hear a stick, yep. pop, snap. Um, that's worked more than once for us where we've Yes, and honestly, we've and, set up like a cold call with the situation of <clears throat> just hearing a stick pop first. Yeah. And then we're like, yep. okay, let's set up and call. And then a bull doesn't bugle, but we know that we knew there was one there, or an elk yeah. there beforehand. So it's kind of a situation where you can take it both ways either yeah. set up without hearing them or set up after hearing some noise and it's maybe not a and bugle or, or i was thinking back with schmidt it was like we were going from ridge to ridge yeah i remember we would like set up right on that ridge so we could see enough and then if nothing 20 30 minutes we'd try to sneak up to the next ridge but there were times that we would stand up and there was a bull oh, coming man. in silent yeah, it yeah. Was, just start walking up and there's something coming down the trail yeah exactly so it can it can work but it's just yeah. it's very for us it's very seldom yeah, yeah. Um, this one it's from Pat Eman or Pat Paitman ninety seven. I don't know. Uh, not podcast related, but you guys going to be at Western Hunt Expo? So this is a good opportunity to kind of yes. talk about our show season and what we have planned. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Good. Yeah. So this year uh, we will be at Western Hunt for the whole time, and we will also be at Portland Sports Show the whole time. So please, please come visit us. And uh, Portland Sports Show is going to be giant. We are doing like almost a show inside of a show. So our booth is over 100 feet long, and we have a bunch of different companies in there. A lot of all of our partners pretty much are in there. Onyx, we've got uh, EXO. We've got all of them in there. It's going to be pretty awesome. So. Good. Steve Howard will even be there. Steve Howard may make a showing. Yes. I think <laughs> I may. Yeah. Maybe for a day. Got a volleyball tournament that weekend, so it could be. I would like to see you play volleyball. I'd love to watch Steve play volleyball. <laughs> I'll crush it. <laughs> Uh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. This one, D underscore 19 Rush. We actually got this question quite a bit. It seems like we get it every time we post these. Uh, so maybe we should do it. It says, have you guys ever talked about hunting elk in Washington State? Yeah. No, this actually, this this year I am looking into a possible tag. I won't say exactly what it is, but uh, I am looking into it this year. And I will say that I have a buddy that lives up there. Uh that has gave open door opportunity for us to come up and hunt up there. If you know mm-hmm. what we draw, you know, depending on what we draw and if we have the time to do it. And Watch I would at some point, at some point I would love to go up there and hunt. It's a sure. weird. I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people at the Portland <coughs> sports show um, too. And a lot of people I've talked to actually say, dude, it's hard hunting. It's not easy. It's not like gimme. Yeah. And which no hunting is obviously, yeah. but a good challenge time, is good though. And Washington is one of the most expensive states to hunt too. It's yeah. not cheap. This is a sleeper. Go ahead. Um, Tristan Smith, oh seven. Yeah, buddy. What is your best advice for adults that didn't grow up hunting but are doing it now? I think it's a good one to talk about. That's a great one. That's a great one. There's a lot of uh, YouTube channels out there actually that. Uh, Man, my buddy and I just, my mind is spacing right now that, um, anyway, he was not, didn't grow up hunting, you know, and then he, now he has kids and he started his own channel. And uh, it's, it's pretty awesome to see that and to take on that whole 
feat of <clears throat> trying to learn just woodsmanship, let alone the yeah. hunting side of things, let alone the getting over the, your fear of just being out there. You know, if if you, if that's the case, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty daunting task. And man, if we can help out people anyway, and like breaking down some of those barriers, I think that should be a definite goal. Well, and Trevor and I, we had the opportunity to take his relatives. Mm-hmm. son yes and from texas. Texas. texas and the father has never hunted a day in his life he has friends in texas that have hunted but to him you know into each his own the feeders <clears throat> and stuff like that but he just he didn't really have much desire to try sure. doing that but for him to come up and hunt you know columbia blacktail and actually experience the highs and the lows of trying to find deer and find a buck and you know his son in the end was successful it was it was a pretty cool experience for me for to watch a father with a son that's never seen a deer gutted, broke down, taken care of, shot anything. It was just imagine it was a pretty though, neat experience. Us, and I'm trying to think of a different like scenario, like to to put us in a really different like maybe in the middle of a city or something. Like I, I don't know, that's kind of <laughs> just weird. That just sounds like weird. middle of New York City. Yeah, like Times Square. Know, <laughs> cut us loose, you know. Just, yeah. Hey guys. <laughs> You know, let's go get some Prada might, or whatever. You might know? not work out too good for Probably us. Probably not. But, but you know what I mean? Like Drop something that's... Street. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Ring, ring that bell. I think know? that's probably no. the scariest thing is like the barrier to entry. And especially yeah. like hunters can be a kind of a closed off group. And most of us learned at least the basics from a family member, whether that's a father yeah. or whatever else. So I guess like my advice would be find a, find a mentor, you know, someone... Yeah whether yep. it's at an archery shop or something else, someone that you can, even if you're not hunting with them, that you can just talk to yep. and come to them with no ego and just be willing to learn. I think that would be a, a archery great range, step. Huge, archery shoots, step. Too, yeah. gun range. People are willing to help. Like you know, yep. find, find someone who is respected yep. and, and just reach out to and them. Steal maybe. all their spots. Yeah, definitely their spots. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of spots. And text me. Oh, here we go. Spots. Young here Bill 44. Young Bill. Love this guy. Yeah, I might check that profile, see what kind of pictures he's got. Uh, will a bull be in the same area the following year? In our experiences, he'll be around there. He'll be around. Maybe not in the same exact area. No. Within um, a not a far proximity. We don't hunt a lot of the same area year after year after year, no. especially when we're out of state. We try to go somewhere different all the time. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, when we do hunt around home, we we find ourselves hunting the same spots. I would because I would say there's a difference between Roosevelt Elk and Rocky Mountain Elk. It's Yeah. You know, Roosevelt's have a tighter home range, so it's easier for us to find elk within those proximities where we've found them before. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but you can still find Rockies, but I you know, they can move too, so it's Yeah. Next question. Um this one is, what's your number one tip for starting a YouTube channel? Uh, the underscore 405 crew. Sweet, sweet. Uh, number one tip, consistency. Yep. And just, I mean, it doesn't happen overnight. I will say that. It does not happen overnight. I think a lot of people get on YouTube or even social media, and they see the viral videos that just go nuts, you know, on day one. And, and they just say, I and can do And they're just that. like, I can do that. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. I think of that, you know? And I think it's like, no, it is a grind just like any job. Yep. Just like any other job. It is a Takes it is time. A grind. Other than Chase, Chase has got it figured out. Yes, he does. Yeah, he started his own channel. Be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah, 100% be yourself. See, you need a microphone. I already told you that. Chase is with us. That's a very, that's, yeah, Chase is, that's a very good point. It's like, be yourself, don't be fake. Fake from 100 miles. And that can deter people (laughs) from wanting to watch and enjoy your channel. I would agree. 
Uh, this next one, it'll be a good one. Uh, we could probably talk about this for a while, and I'm sure whichever side of the fence any of us sit on, it'll spark debate with listeners. <laughs> oh, so boy. this should be good. Tyler dot eighty four Yoda, great truck. Opinions on using mechanical Jeez. broadheads for elk. Oh, here we go. Here so we track, go. Let's start it off. And again, guys, this is just <clears throat> me. I, dude, I don't know. I, I've been. I, I honestly, like, in my honest and honest opinion, I don't even know where I sit with it because it's like I've seen mechanicals that have shot elk. Are we just talking elk? Yeah, that's what the question is. Okay, for elk, just for elk, because okay. uh, deer, all that stuff. I all yes, I would deer, antelope, any smaller yeah. big game. Elk species, have huge in. rib bones, and yes. I and I. But I know people. I mean, Wayne Endicott, he's a huge um, profess of shooting expandables for elk. And I, I, you know, I've watched Steve shoot them and they fall over dead. I've watched Trevor shoot them and they fall over dead. I, I mean, I've, I've seen them, I've seen them work, but at the same time, it's always in the back of my mind, like, man, those rib bones are big. Yeah. And like Trevor's bull a couple years ago, it died. Don't get me wrong. It went about 75 yards and died, but the arrow only penetrated like, I don't know. It wasn't that far at all. It was half the arrow. I was, and that I was arrow, there. It was... Yeah, and that arrow should have zipped right through that elk. No yep. problem at all. Because we looked, or you guys looked, it didn't hit a it didn't hit a rib. It just no. lost energy. Yeah. So, it, I, I don't know. The, the, the last two years for me, so before the last two years was straight, fixed blade. Um, always had a ton of success. I had one year where it was a one in a million fluke thing where the arrow hit just right, deflected. But the last two years, I tried broadheads, and the first year, I was not super happy with the penetration, but then I talked to other guys that were shooting expandables, <clears throat> the same ones I was shooting, and they were getting great penetration. Same. So then I went with it again this year. I got better penetration, but I still wasn't completely satisfied on my distance, my distance of shooting, the penetration I was getting. So, I mean, for elk, it's... To me, it's very questionable. Um, I think it's each individual. To each his own. Yeah, to each his own. Back it's, it up a little bit more. You want to talk about accuracy? They're more accurate than a fixed 100%, blade? yeah. I think, like, that's the big thing. Yeah. Is They are very, very accurate. Yeah. Spinning they, them on, they go. Yeah. Will they work? Yes. yes. Can anything have a random malfunction? Yes. Yes. Um, but, like, it's pretty obvious that penetration performance is just, it's never going to be as good. Obviously, no. there's going to be some where people are getting full pass-throughs, but... It's not. I haven't seen it. one it's pass never, through yet. No, and, and if Mine you did two years ago, but last if you year. if Which you were on that, yeah, <laughs> I think two out of the four <laughs> passed. <laughs> that, uh, yes. that was good. So that's fifty percent. <laughs> okay, but right. I guess I'm if you, you know that. I guess if you looked at if you were to like talk to people and get an actual like legitimate statistics on penetration. I truly believe on elk, you're going to have more with a fixed blade, a solid blade, than you are expandable. Yeah. Because for me personally, when that expandable opens, it is sucking up so much kinetic energy when it goes in. And if you catch a rib, you know, depending on the width of the blade, if you're shooting a two inch, two and a quarter, you know, it just depends on the, yeah, the expandable that you're shooting. Rear deploy or forward deploy. Yeah, I mean, 100%. There's a lot of All too. those little things matter. But yeah. I will say on certain situations with maybe somewhat a marginal shot the holes oh, and yeah. the damage the that expandable can do that. it's so yeah. i it, again i agree it's to each his own I, and totally. everybody can debate about that time and time again but i'm and i think there's yeah. like there's some people who shoot them because it's a bigger hole but i think the vast majority is 
people who are frustrated with fixed blade broadheads that they cannot get to fly right. Trying to tune and them and get them to fly. Why straight, they yeah. turn to it? So. Yep. To Could me, be. the long answer, you know, would be figuring out. But uh, spend but a little everyone, bit more time. Yeah, but yeah. not everyone also has access to a really good bow shop, you know, or no, that's true. or Very something true. like that, where yep. it's just like that's just an easier solution. You screw those things on, and they're going to fly true. Yep. Yeah. Which, if that's the case, where you don't have access to do that, you don't have a press, you don't have the means to learn yourself, then you know, yeah, find a quality expandable and shoot them because yep. at the end of the day, you're more accurate and yep. therefore more ethical than then do it yeah i would say and at the end of the day it's each individual person it's up to them themselves and you know just stick true with what you're you know how what you feel confident with and and run with it that's kind of how i feel the lungs it's gonna die yes 100 percent. all right that was a heater colton vanderson this is a good one who's killed the smallest bull in the group i could probably raise my hand (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm, I'm assuming I haven't passed the smallest one, so <laughs> I, I know that. This is a it's been it's been guys. this it's been a lot of years. I'm trying to think back. I had a fuzz horn spike years ago that was real, real, real small. But I will oh, say, wait, what about the spike in Wyoming? Wyoming, that was That's the smallest, smallest toughest, smallest elk ever, but toughest elk. Yeah, but still, I, I could drag that it was and it was that out. was. I mean, we've all shot small bulls, hey. but that was probably. I'll take a trophy, Steve. If you're winning them out, I'll take the trophy. <laughs> take the W. We'll take the, we'll take the trophy I'll, for this. I'll take it. Maybe. Do you think that one was? It I, was pretty darn small, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's the answer. When that guy came up to us, he goes, oh, you guys shot a deer. Remember that? Yeah, because he couldn't see the whole L. I literally had to turn around and walk away because I was laughing. Oh, you were laughing so hard. I was, I was laughing. Just, at that gas station, I'm like. Uh, no, sir, that's actually an elk. And he goes, I, oh, cute. Yeah, that's right. I, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, oh, I that? shot this story. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Yeah. But, man, we were it so jacked cool. that day. That was like the last it was day. The very last hour. Yeah. yeah. We had spent a long time in the woods. But Go ahead. <laughs> uh, this one's from Adrian underscore Monk, maybe. Uh, how do you guys balance family life, faith, and hunting? Mm. Yeah. Pretty good one. Um. No, it is good, and it's 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 probably a little different for us just because it's our job now. It's it's turned in like when we started out, it was just a passion and a hobby, and just trying to yeah. make it the first elk hunting videos. Yeah, hundred percent. Now it was, that we've yeah. done it, it's like okay, now we're it's our job. It's uh, for some, like Steve. It's not Steve's full time. Steve no. gets two weeks out of the elk season. That usually there's one season a couple of years ago that you went for all all month with us. Yeah, we've I've went all month. Last year I was gone quite a bit, but mm-hmm. I mean personally for me, it's it, you know, and it's not a full time for g- job for me. You know, Trent and Cody, it's their it's their career. It's not mine. Um, it's my passion with the group, but number one for me is my family with yeah. the kids and sports and stuff like that. So it's like I have to really balance to yeah. make sure that I'm being there to watch my kids play sports. At the same time, being able to enjoy my passion and love what I, you know, what I love to do. And yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a big balance for me, but I think for each individual person, person they just need to figure out that balance. And, and have just, those, the big thing about it, I think, is have those not, it doesn't need to be in season that this is all talked about, you know. Yeah. Talk about this with your wife, with your family, <laughs> yes. with, you know, <clears throat> just saying, hey, dad's going to be gone for 
these couple weeks yeah. or whatever it may yeah. be. Make it well known rather yeah. than just being like, I thought you said, I, I thought I told yeah. you that. I so thought, like, you know, you can't communication. communication. 100%. So like in our house, huge. Heidi and I and the girls. So come January, we know it's draw application starts and we're we're all sitting down and we're figuring out our plans what we're wanting to do wh- who your plans who, <laughs> what you're wanting to do who's, who's gonna, <laughs> this whole family i, I could just hide on a hunt yet i could just no, 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 this no, whole family sit, during application period all right yeah. no we sit down we and we sit down. I, i'm not lying we discuss each year to year you know what i can apply for what i'm just going to buy points for and we literally have a calendar and we talk about what hunts I want, what hunts I'm going to go on with you guys and stuff. So we try to balance that out the day so we know way in advance when I'm possibly going to be gone. To, just to make it easier so everybody knows way in advance instead of, like you said, last minute, kids got a sporting event. Oh, sorry, I'm going to be gone. You know, it's like at least we can yep. balance that out and figure out hunts. And I think it just comes down to communication. 100%, uh, just, yeah. Just talk and communicate yeah. and, you know. Yeah, it's just, and it's like two other spectrums. Like if you do it for work or if you don't, it's the same but different. Like Steve doesn't do it for work, so he has to balance it in a way that right. makes sense. Because yeah. at the end of the day, he does have a full time job. Yep. Whereas for us, this is our full time job, so it's like we love to do it, but it's also our work. I don't know. It's just a, you know, it's just a just a balancing. Yeah, act. it is. Yep. But Big the balancing. End of the day, it's all just communication. I think. Yep. Um, Anthony Loaders. How long did you guys elk hunt before filling your first tag? The average is what, seven years? Ten. Steven? Ten? I think seven to ten. Well, it's uh, like ten percent of hunters fill their tags, so if yeah. you put it that way, it's one elk every ten years with a bow. Um, Our first elk? Yeah, how long did you elk hunt before <clears throat> filling your first tag? Yeah, I don't I, I man, I my memory's so bad. Mine, um, we've had the benefit though of having some great teachers, I think, along the way 100%. and like, like learning just out of the box, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm coming to a new spot and I'm trying to be an elk hunter. We've, we've, we've been on successful elk hunts before then. So we got to kind of see maybe a footprint of what to do, maybe a little bit better. But I mean, I'll bet, I don't know, man, I'm shot my first elk. How old? I, I have no idea. No clue. 16, maybe. Mine was my second year know. ever bow hunting. My second Steve year knows bow hunting. everything he did from the, Day I was. Born. I was mine. Was second year. My second year. Second year my first a elk. tag in my pocket. Nope. There you go. Past mentor program. But like you said, I got to experience bow hunting yeah. with some friends before I started. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, I mean, we had some good mentors growing up for yeah, sure. Definitely. But you hear a lot of people who hunt for 10, 15 years before they kill one, and then it's like every year after that. Yeah. So it's yep. just don't. Don't Killers judge yourself kill. based on that because don't. of the scenario you grew up. Yeah. In. And I work with a kid that he sees our success and he hadn't killed one with a bow and i'm like just enjoy it give it time it'll happen and once it finally did he's he killed like three bulls three years in a row yep so it's like once I mean, you start down that path yep. it's like you you you'll, realize the the algorithm that you got yeah you'll start to figure it out and yeah go ahead uh next question how many bulls were killed this season by clark walters so clark we did uh, this year this year is one of our best that we've it ever was had amazing um, season not only just um, archery season, but then we just rolled it right over into rifle season. Mm-hmm. We had a great rifle season as well. Um, I don't know what the final count was. Was it 11, 12? Let me count. Something like that. Please hold. Yeah, just say editing. 
Steve got two. No, we're, we're rolling. No, we can roll through. We're I mean, rolling. they're all going to see uh, it. Yeah, yeah. anyway, so you Steve, guys are all going to see them. But Steve anyway. shot two bulls. Yep. Trent shot a bull. Four. Trevor shot a bull. Uh, Cody shot a bull. Eric shot a bull. I shot a bull. Seven. Wyatt shot a bull. Eight. And there's more that we're not. I'm just trying to think of the ones that we're not thinking of. But a lot. Yeah, we didn't I, really, we went, I mean, that we was a great, eight. Great I mean, season. off the top of our heads, that was eight bulls right there. That, but um, so, so yeah, it was it was a really, really good season. It was a good year for us. And then we jumped into deer, too. So, I mean, this content that you guys are seeing now that it's coming out, it's it's going to roll for a long time. Right, Chase? Yep. 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 Yeah, I think we covered about half the questions and we're going to do a, a part two to this if you guys want to cool. hear it. So. Yeah. So this is uh, part one, and uh, we will roll part two on the next episode. So tune in for that, guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this, and uh, we will see you on the next one.